Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, Koshi here with a small favor. Each year we run a subscriber survey to help us understand our audience and what we can do to help you be a better investor. I'd love you to fill it out. You can find it at osbiz.co.survey or follow the link in the program notes. To sweeten the deal, there are some great prizes on offer, including lunch with the Osbiz experts. Thanks for doing that. Now enjoy the call. G'day and a warm welcome from Barangaroo Studios. This is The Call. 10 stocks picked by you, two experts, one hour. It's Friday the 25th of March and I'm your guest host, Scott Phillips from The Motley Fool. And thank you for joining us. And today we have two spectacular experts on today's show for the whole hour. He's already laughing. Joining me on my left is Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners. Welcome, thank you. Adam. Absolutely. And Nathan Somersandra from Deep Data Analytics. Welcome, Nathan. Thank, thank you, gentlemen, you. both for being here. It's been another busy old week Crazy. on the markets. It's Absolutely. been all over the place. We've seen stocks go up and, and down. Uh, Matthew, you were mentioning to me just off air, it's amazing how long you can do this gig and still be surprised in the morning. So let's start with you. How are you seeing where we're at with markets at the moment? Yeah, I think uh, anyone who thinks they know what's happening day to day are dreaming. Um, I think uh, so the last count, I think it's 12 out of the last 18 days, pretty much mm-hmm. for the March, it's uh, had more than 1% move in the US market. It's crazy, and, and most of it is on nothing. I mean, there is, so there's a lot of macro moves. So trying to work out on a day-to-day basis, is a, it's a fool's errand. Um, you're looking at a market that's doing a lot of things mm-hmm. and there's a lot of factors. So yeah, it, it's fun times. Oh, I actually enjoy it. I actually enjoy the mess. Gives it fun, right? Oh, Gives the chaos fun. is great. So I love chaos. <laughs> Adam, you a fan of chaos? Uh, well, clients aren't fans <laughs> that's of chaos. That's the problem, and right? So that's yeah, the problem then, because yeah. then I get the earful where, you know, what's going on? Yeah. How's everything? So like, you know, so yes, I am, because obviously volatility creates opportunity. And mm-hmm. I think that's sort of where we are in the market at the moment. That volatility is definitely creating a lot of opportunity. We're just sort of getting over reporting season now. We're sort of, we've, we've passed that. We've got some numbers. We can all sort of look at those, digest all of that. Mm. But, you know, even this, the, the, the skirmish, the war that's going on, our market has been stronger since. The US market has been stronger yeah, since. Yeah. And it's not really following any kind of um, traditional pattern. And I think that's what's unnerving people is that if this happens, then this should happen with the market. But it hasn't really sort of played out that way. And obviously, inflation and interest rates is keeping everybody on tender hooks. So besides that, uh, I think it's been a great week. <laughs> Other than that, it's been perfect. It's actually possible, depending on how today's market activity goes, we end up, up actually in positive territory for 2022, which is saying something. All right, so let's get to what we're here for, which is to cover those 10 stocks sent through by you, our viewers. Today, we are gonna cover in the first half of the program, Infratil, we're gonna cover Elmo, Klinuvel, the Global Data Center Group, and Kathmandu Holdings, which has now been rebranded KMD Group. That's a really broad range of ideas, guys. We've got plenty of stuff to talk through with that list. Before we do, we always do a stock of the day. 
and I thought we'd have a look at Premier Investments. Now, this is Solly Lou's business. Mm -hmm. One of those companies on the ASX, it has this name that has nothing to do with the business, and you kind of think, what is this thing? <laughs> it turns out it's Smiggle, Peter Alexander, Just Jeans. I won't steal all your thunder. Results out. Yeah. Uh, I'll start with you, Adam. What were yeah. your thoughts on, on Premier's results today? Uh, look, I think the results were actually quite good because you, you need to take, obviously, into consideration COVID and, and how those, uh, those lockdowns have, have happened. Logistics has also played a massive part in getting the, 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 the inventory and getting the data there and, and all that kind of stuff. Total revenue slipped by about 2%. I think mm -hmm. that was a pretty good uh, role, uh, pretty good number. And net profit was down about 13% to 163 million. So um, yeah, markets are probably potentially not liking the result <laughs> as much as they you know, would, but I think they did well in the dividend, declared a 46 cent dividend, 34 cents last year raising the dividend. Um, they did say that they're starting to see some momentum coming back in their Smiggle stores as the kids go back to school. Mm -hmm. And Peter Alexander, you know, you pay a hundred bucks for a pair of pajamas, but <laughs> there's gotta be some profit in there somewhere. So overall, I think it was a good result. Solomon Lou is a fantastic operator. He yes. can't go wrong uh, with what he does. He knows, ex he knows exactly what he's doing. So look, I, I thought it was an okay one. Uh, the, the probably the stock price probably could come back a little bit. I think it's it's, it's had a very good run and it's always uh, represented a premium uh, in in the market. But look, overall, I think it's it was a good result and very I'd be very comfortable to be looking to pick some of this up at these levels just because management is so good. So I'll I'll, I'll say a buy on this one. Excellent, Premier Investments. A buy from Adam Dawes. We have started you in positive territory. That's a stock idea from Adam. <laughs> Nathan, the market doesn't love the result, at least as much as Adam. The shares are off a little bit today. Where do you sit on this one? Is it a buy for you? Or are you sitting on the sidelines or are you ready to offload it? Yeah, I'd, I've, we've been offloading it. Uh, I, would, I wouldn't be buyer of, uh, I would be a buyer of Premier. Look, they are Premier investors. They, <laughs> I mean, Solly Lou knows how to buy a business. He really right? does. He really so, does. Um, there is no doubt that it's a really good business, high quality business, global play. They do it really well. But... 2021 was mm, mm. peak retail. Right. This yeah. is peak consumer spending. Um, I know a lot of brokers said there's so much you know, pent up uh, demand coming coming through, there'll be a lot of spending, That's it's after the event. Okay. We've had the peak cycle. I mean, you cannot get the handouts that we got in 2021. <laughs> you know, kids were loaded up mm, in cash. Mm, mm. So there's a their spending will curb through this year, especially when you've got rates going up. Yeah. Just a sentiment of that. And I think when you look at where things are, I think retail's priced for a massive positive cycle that they have to cycle through, mm -hmm. it's going to be hard. Uh, look, Premier is one of the best players in the market. Mm. I mean, out of the retail sector, I think it's really hard. Mm. I'm just not picking anything out of the retail. Right, okay. But there are some that are at the top end. You know, even the, the ones that don't look so good, you've got to look at the guys who've really done well. Like someone like Chamber Shop. You yeah. just don't look at that and go, it's a great business. Mm. But they've executed phenomenally well. So the guys who have executed well, Premier is one of them, yeah. you keep on your shopping list. Mm -hmm. It's a cyclical. So you buy these things when they're beaten up. And when interest rates are going up after a fair amount of stimulus pool, I think you've got to be tough on that. And you, the multiple, it always attracts a premium. That always scares me. It's like a combank. <laughs> when people don't know what to do with banks, they just buy combank. Yeah, right, right. And that's my worry. Um, everyone who wants to own premium already has premium. So where's the marginal buyer coming from? I think it'll be tough. So I'm staying out of retail, but premium is one of the best. So when the cycle comes off and everyone hates retail, mm. premium is the one you buy. Very good. There you go, guys. We've got to buy and to sell from the same stock, our very first of the day, which is our stock of the day. But let's now move into the companies that have been sent in by you. Speaking of macro, Diane wants to ask our experts about Infratil. And Diane says, could you give me your opinions 
on Infratil. As my son is asking, is it a buyer? We always like young people asking about stock recommendations. We love the fact they're investing. So Nathan, I'm gonna kick off with you. This is an infrastructure player in utilities, energy, airports, Does digital infrastructure, Does social infrastructure. Uh, almost everything. Maybe that's a bit of a blanket statement. Maybe they genuinely are got bits of everything. Does it make it harder to analyze easier? What do you think of Infratil? Oh, look, it, it is a science project. Uh, <laughs> it, it's, it, it's tough on the average person, but these are the, like, I, I don't consider this as a stock. It's more like a list of private equity. Okay. They trade assets. So you've got a few in different sectors. You've got West Farmers, you've got Goodman Group, you've got Macquarie, and Infratel is one of them. Mm. For a start, it comes out of New Zealand. Anything that comes out of New Zealand, it's usually pretty good. Okay. Uh, so that's one thing to look at. That's and, okay. and they buy a lot of assets because a lot of tech gets basically tested in the New Zealand market. Mm -hmm. And then when it works, they split it out everywhere because <laughs> it's a good controlled market. Mm, right. Now, yeah. then they get rid of a lot of those assets. And these guys are very good at buying these assets, running it well, and selling okay. it to the right partner. Okay. So look, they've got data centers. They've got everything you can think of. And this is one of those stocks you buy for the long term because you trust the management and the track record is phenomenally good mm -hmm. to manage that and buy and sell assets through the cycle. So the only problem is everyone knows that. Yeah. It's priced for that. So it's a hold if you have okay. it. I'm not selling it, but mm -hmm. it's a hold. Right. But if you want to buy it, I think you wait for the usual market cycles. When the market comes off, these pri listed private equities, mm -hmm. you buy them mm -hmm. and you hold it for the long term. So for the long term buyer, you wait for the weak cycle to add. So in Petrosum, I think it's one of the, uh, high quality business models that you buy, but it's priced for that right now. So I don't see a lot of upside in the short term, mm -hmm. but the long term, look, these guys are good. They'll deliver. Very good. So that's a hold on valuation. That's right. If you get the opportunity at the right price. If it comes back with the market uh, turmoil, mm -hmm. you buy this thing. Beautiful. Now, Adam, this is a company that's in theory an infrastructure business. Yeah. You kind of think boring, plain, asset yep. heavy. Yep. Mate, this is, well, actually, it's more like a private equity company. It's more like a venture capital mob. Yeah. That's a very different way to think about an infrastructure mm. business. Where do you sit on Infratil? Well, I'd add another one. Sol Pats is another yes, business that yep. would, would do the exact same to what this does. Right. Um, and, and as Sol Pats has done before uh, in the telco space, Infratil owns uh, most, or I think about 49% of uh, Vocus. Or for, uh, and um, Vodafone. So that has been an interesting one for, uh, and again, New Zealand market's small, so mm -hmm. that you know they're able to do that. So that uh, is one of the things, I really like their data center play, and we're okay. gonna talk about another data center yep, business in a second. But that CDC data center has risen over 15% in the last six months, so reflecting a really good pipeline of development. Mm. But this thing has really gone, uh, so I'm with Nathan on this one, it's a hold okay. because of, of valuation grounds. This one has really risen on ESG. Um, they had a lot of sort of wind farms and they did a lot of that kind of stuff. And they really hung their hat on that over the last year to six months. That has really sort of pushed this price a lot higher, right, right, right. which is fine and nothing wrong with ESG, but it certainly means that there potentially there could be a little bit of a pullback there on that one as well. But look, the dividend looks okay as well. So it doesn't, it, 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 it's okay to me, but yeah, valuation, it does look a bit stressed and it is quite illiquid as well. You, I was looking at the screen this yeah, morning yeah. and looking at the bid and the offer. There's not much on the offer, a lot on the bid. So you just got to be a little bit careful sometimes with those stocks that are illiquid. You get a big seller in there, that's where you could see some price movement to the downside. I will ask you too on that, with an illiquid stock, are you thinking about a trading strategy or a buying strategy? Is it about using limit orders? Is it about simply waiting and living on your watch list and getting it, taking advantage of those big movements we can see with liquid stocks? How do yeah, you think so about that? If you saw some volume coming into the screen and you know you're a buyer, mm. then you could potentially then start to, uh, to look at that. Okay. Um, secondly, um, 
when uh, when there's a lot on the bid, potentially uh, people have forgotten orders or you know they sort of just leave them in there and so everyone's sort of moving above. So it's not really active. Okay. So it, it does seem to me that um, you just gotta be a little bit careful. But also if you're in, in a liquid stock or trying to get access to a liquid stock, I really use the, the process of a third, a third, a third. Mm -hmm. So you buy some, you get some of your position. If it starts to move higher, top up with another third of that position. Uh, if it comes back down, you know, using that third, a third, a third to get your full position. So you're not showing your full volume in the screen because I think that's important with the algos these days. They'll, they'll eat you alive when you go into those screens. So just being a little bit careful and just, uh, yeah, using a third or third to, 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 to get your position solid. I think that's a, a good strategy for illiquid stocks. Beautiful. Thank you, Adam. And again, great uh, insights from our experts on the program. Let's go to our second stock. Well, our third stock of the day. We talked about Premier, of course, at the top. But the second stock asked by you, this one comes from David. David's asking about Elmo Software. And David says, I hold shares in Elmo. Most financials look ordinary, although ROE, return on equity, has and he says in quotes, improved from minus 25% in 2019 to minus 5% last year. And the multiple, he says, is relatively low. I think, says David, Adam Dawes gave it a tick and I'm interested in his current thoughts. So we will start with you this time, Adam. Let's talk about <laughs> Elmo Software. Yep. Um, this is a small, medium enterprise HR business. Correct. David's saying the numbers are getting better yeah but from from really bad to only a little bit bad is, is kind of the the inference here is the inference is it yeah. less bad enough is it getting good enough to be a buy so we we cover this one at shore and partners mm -hmm. and we've got a buy rating on it high risk with a price target that's way above where it is at the moment wow, so okay. i'm potentially don't need to tell you where the price target is but it's a lot higher <laughs> than where it is at the moment so I, I think Elmo this uh, half or this full year, sorry, um, gave some really strong results for 2022. Guidance was upgraded with its business and it, with its momentum potentially with winning those new businesses as far as strong existing customer growth and lower revenue churn, um, it does represent some value down here. Now, all tech stocks have been absolutely massacred over the last sort of three months and yeah, there's been a bit of, a, a bit of a, an uptick in the share price now I still think that there's still some fair ways to go on that. I do think that obviously we potentially, can I call the bottom of the tech stocks? I don't know if I can. Oh, I thought you were going to give us the headline, Adam. But Alibaba the other day, or was it Tencent? Uh, $25 billion buyback. Yes. I think it was ten, uh, one of the big Chinese ones. Mm -hmm. um, I think really definitely signaled the bottom of, okay. of that sort of, and that gave some confidence for the people to get back into tech. We've, so we've got a buy on it. So I'm going to stay with my analyst okay, on this excellent. one and Appreciate say a buy because I think it does represent good value on uh, 2022 um, revenue multiples going forward. Beautiful. So a buy from Adam from Shore and Partners on Elmo Software. Yes. Nathan, Adam mentions high risk, a big upside potential. And that's often the case with these companies. There is a lot that can go really right. And if sure. it does, huge upside. Sure. Also, potentially, things can go wrong. That's why it's high risk, as Adam says. Mm. Um, where do you sit on the Elmo question? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, I think, as uh, Adam said, that the techs have been belted. Yeah, so right. we've been staying out of tech for a good part of nine months. Okay. Uh, it, we knew yields are going up, mm -hmm. and the techs will get hammered. Um, it's trading. If you look at what's happening to NASDAQ, you're pretty much seeing the same kind of bash, rebound. So it's the thematic that's playing out. Aussie 10-year bond yield, it's 2.7, 2.8. Yeah. Uh, you know, when you look at it in the US, the yield, the 10-year yield is almost now e greater than what the uh, market mm -hmm. provides as a yield. You know, that's been a long time. So we're talking about the Aussie 10 years now back to 218. 
2018 level. So there's a fair amount of valuation uncertainty that's playing out. Will that hold? What's going to happen to the market? Mm -hmm. So we're still going through this up and down. So the growth versus value trade is playing out. Um, and so those kind of uncertainties will weigh on that. I mean, the positive news is, look, it's down near the pandemic lows. Mm -hmm. So there's a fair amount of negativity priced in. Mind you, in saying that, there's a lot of tech stocks I can say that about. Absolutely. Uh, so in that context, it's tough. Um, my problem with Elmo is just the, it's a, it's a sector where I don't see a huge advantage that they have. Okay. Now, the main thing that in tech you kind of get to is you either have to be first mover or you have to have this phenomenal tech mm -hmm. or you've got to have scale, right? Mm. And I don't get that and I could be wrong, but this was a market darling. Mm. Yeah. So there's a lot of people who are in there who are suffering. So the good thing for you is if you're already there, there's fund managers, when the market turns, will buy into this and get you back up because they need to make their numbers look good. So right, you right. get that carry trade. Okay. But the bad thing is at the moment, all techs are in this boat and it's hard to work out. So I think it's just too hard at the moment. Okay. Um, but it is one that I'm keeping an eye on because there's you know nothing like self-interest. <laughs> when fund managers need performance, these are kind of stocks that will come back hard. Right. So just keep an eye on it. But I think in the shorter term, you're going to have a lot of uncertainty with tech. So I'm not jumping in yet. I don't. I personally don't think we've seen the bottom in tech because of what the Fed is doing. Right. So that needs to stabilize, and the market mm. still doesn't quite work out where that settles. So I think the next couple of months that'll settle, and we'll get a better understanding. So, uh, look, I think it's an interesting stock, but I'm struggling to see the risk return in the short term. So I'm staying out of it. So if you if you held it, you've taken the pain. I'm not selling now because okay, yeah. it's a psychological thing, right? right, right. You, you're at pandemic lows, so yeah. mm -hmm. you've taken a fair amount of pain already. But as if you're putting new money, I'm not going in right now. So I can put you down for a hold, Nathan? Yeah. Wonderful. Thank you very much. Our next question comes from Ben. He says, I'm interested in Clinuvel, as I think the price has bottomed after significant price falls over the last few months. Is now a time to take a nibble? Now maybe Adam Dawes might come in at the time with his buying in thirds, but we'll start with you, Nathan, from Deep Data <laughs> Analytics. Tell us the story of Clinuvel and how you're seeing it. Has the price bottomed? Is there value opportunity here? Yeah. Or is this one of those value traps that often we talk about? Look, it, I, 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 I'll go with the macro first. Go for it. The, the biggest thematic that you've got to remember in the markets is you've got to look at the risk return profile. Mm -hmm. mm. So this is a biotech. I actually yep. think this is not a bad biotech. Okay. Um, it's got a few things going for it. Uh, management's pretty decent, but the market's interest tends to be very focused on one area. So when commodities are on fire, biotechs do not get interest. Okay. It's dominated by commodities because the blue sky investment. So mm -hmm. when commodities are nowhere to be seen and China's not doing anything, then biotechs are on fire. So the thematic right now is commodities. Everyone is chasing the next hot commodity. Mind you, everything is hot at the moment. Uh, so yeah, as long as you're there, totally. you've been going up. So I think it's hard for biotechs at the moment. And they're also high growth stock perception. Mm. So you've got funding issues. And these guys, you know, most, and I'll, I'm a sucker for biotechs. Uh, so I'll say that from the start. And I've followed a lot of biotechs for decades. Okay. And they take decades to become overnight success. They have to burn yeah. through so much oh, cash. cash. Yeah. And you're the sucker who's paying mm -hmm. for all that. Mm -hmm. So you've got to be really there when they're executing through uh, the final stages of a product and the potential upside, mm. and then the market gets excited. When that happens, you ride it. If it's going to be actually eventuated as a product, then you ride it all the way. Okay. If it doesn't, then you take profits. You've got to manage your risk return. 
clearly well at the moment for me is in a stage where the market's worried about the funding, it's going to be cap raising, this is what's going to be played out. So most biotechs are in this cycle. So I wouldn't rush in, I'll stay out of it. I'm waiting for when market starts to get bored of commodities, <laughs> that's when you start looking at biotech. Okay. Right now commodities are too hot. Okay, so is that a sell or do we call it a hold? Oh, jeez. Sorry, um, mate. I'm going to have to ask yeah, you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, you've come back so hard and Sorry. you're looking near the pandemic lows. So if you've taken the pain, yeah. you hold it. Okay, another uh, hold you on hold the same it. basis. But if, if you're not fresh money, I wouldn't jump in right now. Wait for some movement in the share price. That's it. Very good. Adam Klinivell, it's in vascular and genetic disorders. These are the sort of companies we all hope will be successful because mm -hmm. a breakthrough for the business means yeah. a breakthrough for the human race, right? It's hard to dislike these companies. Yeah. As Nathan said, though, these businesses that have a really long-term track record of eating shareholder capital, Correct. the occasional success we love to lionise because yep. they are they can be spectacular, as Nathan said. Oh, yeah. Returns so amazing. many go by the yeah. wayside, though. Again, we talk about high-risk, high-reward with Elmo. Is, is Clinivell another company in the same vein? It's definitely high-risk. There's no doubt about it. So, yeah, absolutely put that on the table. But... Nathan, when is an Australian Australia's investors not interested in commodities? <laughs> so I'd just like to put no, that out there. No, no, I, yeah. actually, it's actually funny how you say that, but it, it is actually true. If you look at when I, the I commodities get, get hammered, oh, yeah, you're right. These Commodity go, prices yeah, get hammered. Then, when they get hammered, yeah, these yeah. things go berserk. Because yeah, they're looking for and something I can, else. Yeah. I can put out about 10 or 15 off the top of my head because I've lost money on them. Yes, and I've lost a lot of money on them too. And that's where investors should be very, very careful. Yeah. And yet, we're suckers for punishment. Oh, yeah, we yes. are. We can go back and make the same mistake. And one of the things is what you talked about is there's some fantastic, um, you know, if they get it, like yeah. is this this whole thing of if they can get right. it and if they can, oh. if they can hit the milestones, if they can hit the end point, mm. it's going to be amazing. Yep. So for, for some of these products, there's a lot of lack of choice out there for you know um, customers as well as investors, but lack of choice. And so these guys can price gouge as much as they want because there's really not that many drugs or these kinds of technology that's out there. Mm. In saying all of that, the stock definitely looks like it's um, potentially found a bottom here at 1850, but uh, I'd be really cautious. That, that, that chart's telling me that it's gonna go further. So I, I would not be a buyer of this one, okay. only because I don't understand the stock. Yep. And I'm always a very a firm belief that if you don't understand what the company does, you mm. shouldn't be investing in it. And I'm not a doctor or a scientist. <laughs> and that's where you need some of those experts in there to really tell you how to do it. It's actually one of the better um, management. Okay, uh, yeah. right. It's actually one of the better management uh, in that sector. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, you know, when the, tide, when the tide goes out, it doesn't matter how yeah, good you exactly. are. Yeah, exactly. And that looks like the tide's going out uh, a little bit on that share price. And obviously, you know, you see the big spikes and that's where the volatility comes into mm -hmm. it. And if you're on the right side of that, it's a good trading stock potentially. Yes. But you need to have some, uh, some conviction with that one. So for me, Scott, it's a sell. A sell. Excellent. All right. We have a sell from Adam and a hold from Nathan on Clinivelle. Uh, big, big risk. Big potential opportunity the chance of that opportunity actually coming to fruition? Well, that's the big question for investors. And this is one, if you're going to invest in, I think you heard from both gentlemen, this is one of those ones that's, well, frankly, it's a bit of a risk, right? So just be careful as you buy. If you're going to, know what you're buying, know why you're buying it. Our next question is on Global Data Center Group. You mentioned earlier, Adam, that yes. Global Data Center Group was one of those businesses we would talk about a little bit later. Yep. Much smaller. Yes. Was 360 Digital, I think, from Correct. memory, then renamed. Correct. Um, We've talked about Infratil. We know NextDC is around. Yeah. How do you think about Global Data Center Group? Is this a, an imitator that's going to make a lot of money? Is this the third place runner, maybe, maybe fourth maybe. In, in, a, in a busy space? Yeah. How do you contextualize Global Data Center in terms of its business? Yep. And then what do you think of the stock? 
So um, I've been well recorded on, in the media saying that I like GDC mm -hmm. and it's a buy and I'm going to stay with that buy because basically there's a couple of big key thematics going forward. Now, the Internet of Things, how many Internet of Things have we got 10 years ago to where we are today? And the amount of things that are connected to your home at the moment, whether that's the car, the fridge, it's the iPads, the phones, everything else that's going on, mm. and more and more things are getting connected. So where does all that data go? It has to go <laughs> somewhere, and that is a massive spend for, let's, not, let's just say Google, Amazon, and I'm not saying this is anything comparing to those kind of companies, but um, uh, that, that's a massive spend that all these data centers and, and putting that now. Next DC has done a fantastic job and it's the leader in the space, as you rightly point out. But the difference and what, what Global Data Center Group has done versus uh, a Next DC, Next DC has obviously looked at Australia and mm. trying to buy land here in Sydney or Melbourne has been very tough for these guys because you do need to be near hubs and you do need to be near these kinds of things for where data is flowing. And that's been a bit of a drawback for um, Next DC is that they've had to pay up to get to those kinds of businesses or to, to put those uh, data centers around. Whereas Global Data Centers, yes, it says in the name, Global, <laughs> they have decided to go further afield and they've got uh, data centers in France, uh, in South America, in Guam. Now Guam, I don't know if many people know, but Guam is actually a major internet hub around the world because it's, the, it's, a, it's a US based, there's an army base there, but a lot of the sea cables go through Guam to then go through to Asia and all, all around there. So they're actually putting data centers in Guam um, a lot cheaper than what you would get for something like a Next DC. So this one has underperformed. It's currently around $1.60 at the moment. It hasn't fallen with the rest of the market. Okay, so it, it, it has fallen a little bit, but it, it is thinly traded as well. Yeah. But we've got a price target. Uh, we, we've got a buy on us. It is, again, high risk, but we've got a, a, a buy of $3.22 on this one. So it, it, it does have some very good upside to it. One of the things that we do like that they did take a substantial investment in Airtrunk, which is a very large Macquarie-backed uh, data center business as well. The problem is that they can't report on that because it's Airtrunk and it's private. And so, albeit they've tripled and uh, four times their money on it, they're struggling to then report that back to the market right. because it is in a private uh, business. So again, it's really tough and getting rid of 360, I think was the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. I'll shut up now, but I think the GDC is a buy. It's trading at a significant discount to NAV and I still like it. Um, it's a buy. There you go. Big trends, lots of potentially hidden value, right. big upside Correct. potential for global data well centers. Up. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, absolutely. I get the easy job. I just get to repeat yeah. what you've already said. You, you bring the expertise. <laughs> I just say it again and make myself sound smart. Speaking of which, Matthew, I'm going to do the same for you in a minute. Um, tell us whether you agree with Adam. Is global data centers the way to go? Growth in data, growth in speeds, undervalued, big opportunity. Or is this the poor cousin of some of the bigger boys in the, in the space? Uh, I think it's, it is a poor cousin, but look, when the tide goes up, everyone goes up. Mm -hmm. um, data is the, the next biggest commodity. Um, 100%. You know, maybe I'm talking my book, but still, <laughs> um, data is the biggest thing. Uh, look, it's going to be around for decades to come, and everyone has a lot of data, they just don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Now, a lot of people need to store it because they're getting so much of it, yeah. and now they're collecting everything because they don't know what they mm -hmm. might do in the future. Mm -hmm. So yes, data centers are going to be huge. Um, I think Next DC had a great model, right? Uh, what they've done in Australia, it's, it's kind of like, uh, I, I guess it's like the Westfield. They get all the bigger players, the interlink makes it such a connection, right? So you, you basically suck it in. Once you're in, it's hard to get out. Um, they own a lot of that, where GDC owns parts of a lot of different, yeah. so it's, 
it's a bit harder to control, but they have a lot more in different different places. So there's a certain amount of diversification, but at the same time, you don't have the control as much as NextDC does. Mm -hmm. Now, NextDC is, of course, run into a growth issue, so they have to grow out, so they're changing their model slightly, so that raises risk there. Mm -hmm. So, look, I think the data centers, all of them will do well. Okay. The macro is very positive. And I think over time, there will be a rush to consolidate because the bigger boys uh, need space and they need warehouses. These are data warehouses, so they will buy. Mm. And so there will be consolidation played out. So I think that's the big thematic. I think overall the thematic is positive. I still think NextDC is probably the leader in the sector, yeah, but you can buy um, GDC or you can buy Infratel and because there's a sub substantial part of valuation in um, Infratel is the data center. It's a yeah, bloody yeah. good, it's a government data center, mm -hmm. bloody good kind mm -hmm. of data center. Mm -hmm. So there's a fair amount of data center plays out there mm -hmm. and I think it's, it's pretty decent. I think they're doing quite well. So I think it's positive you buy it. Um, but look, all of these things with the tech space, you're going to have a bit of a, uh, uncertainty over the next couple of months, but this has had a decent pullback. I think the macro is positive enough that you can take the risk. So I'd be a buyer. Beautiful. Put you down as a buyer. Thank you, Nathan. I'll tell you what, you get some great content here today. Exactly. A double, a double buy. buy for Global Data Center Group, which is important. All right, gents, we're, uh, we, I've, I've talked too much. Not you guys, I've talked too much. But uh, we're a little over time. Let's go to KMD Group, or the business we used to call Katmandu Holdings. Of course, it now it changed its name because it owns Katmandu, plus Rip Curl and some other brands as well. Nancy would like a view on KMD. We talked about retail a little bit earlier, Nathan, you made some points about we, you think that we're at the height of retail. Premier is one of the better ones out there. Does Katmandu also get a Guernsey in that category or does it have to be left Ooh. on the reserves bench? Yeah, it, it's probably the top end of mid-tier. Okay. Um, the thing about Katmandu is they, I mean, the original model, mm -hmm. um, they do most of it, and this is going back, I, I, retail analysts used to tell all these things and I used to try and remember. They make a lot of it in the middle of the year, around mm -hmm. July, August. The winter time. Exactly. Yeah. If it rains during that time, yeah. sales are crap. Yep, yep. And, so, and also the other thing they used to say is in Christmas time, just look at when the, um, when the sales start. If they start come around November, mm -hmm. that means they're struggling. Mm -hmm. If it starts later they start their sales, that mm -hmm. means they're doing better. Okay. So you look at all these things and go, yeah, we started our sales pretty early and the weather looks pretty crap. <laughs> so I think the risk is there. But Katmandu is a very good business. Mm -hmm. I do like it. And the brand diversification has made it better. Okay. Remember, this has been through a number of takeover bids as well. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you can never ignore that. I think there will be more bids coming. It's, and I think where you are with tourism and people wanting to go out and do things, this will benefit out of that. Mm -hmm. So I think it's a positive place. So yes, it's not your premier investment type top end, mm -hmm. but I think it's still a very good business. So it's one where I'm happy to take the risk, okay. but just be aware that the sector is going to have a tough time. So more volatility to come, but a buy overall, you think? That's right. Fantastic. Thank you, Nathan. Let's go to you. Let's see if we can get another double buy to finish off our first five. We no, we won't. Oh. <laughs> no, we won't. I you mean, if you, didn't go, if you didn't go for premium investors, <laughs> why would you go for this one? Premium investors is the top end. The, this is a top mid-tier. I, I mean, know, but the reason I say that is, Everyone who likes Premier has Premier. Right. Every fund manager that I know right, right. who likes Premier already has it. So the high margin of stock, less attractive buy. Yeah. Katmandu, possibly a lower quality business, but a more attractive buy. Because there's less people. Right. So the, the margin of buyer will come okay. in when things look better. The turnaround in Katmandu is much higher than Premier because everyone knows about Premier. Mm -hmm. I think it's hard to be shocked by Premier. Well, everyone knows about Katmandu as well. I mean, we've all got to seen the jacket. <laughs> yeah, we've all seen the, the sleeping bag and, and whatnot. But look, overall, I think, look, they've, 
they're post-COVID, they're doing okay. Mm -hmm. um, overall, they're looking to go further afield. So in other words, going uh, internationally or growth ambitions going outside of that. So I think that is good as well. But for me, uh, I, I'm going to stay with the big end of town. Kathmandu, as Nathan already pointed out, does very well in those winter periods. Mm -hmm. And so... It could be for a trade. You know, you're coming into that winter, it's going to report. Um, usually, if it's it's cold winter, they will do very well. So, um, you know, you sort of play that a little bit. But for me, I'm going to stay neutral or okay. hold on that one. Stay on a hold. We couldn't quite get a second no. buy. But I'll tell you what, there's been some great value already in this program. So let's recap the first five stocks plus our stock of the day. We started with Premier Investments, which we got a very different view from the gentleman here. Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners said Premier was a buy. Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics said it was a sell. That's why you listen to this program. That's why you watch this program, because you get both sides of the coin. It's really important that you understand when you're buying, what you're buying, and the guys have done a fantastic job with that. Um, let's then go to Infratil, which was a hole for both Adam and Nathan. Elmo Software, Adam gave it a buy. Nathan said it was a hold, uh, bearing in mind the different risks and opportunities there, particularly because in Nathan's case, the tech sector had been so beaten down. Uh, when it comes to Clinuvel, Adam went for a sell, saying, if I don't understand the company, I'm not going to buy the stock. Nathan, bit of a sucker for biotech, thinks there may be opportunity there. One of the best management teams <laughs> in the business, he says, and that's really important, particularly in this area where it's hard to draw a straight line through the business. If you can trust management, super, super important. Global Data Center Group was a buy from both gentlemen, so that was encouraging. Uh, we know that data centers are going to keep growing. Digital assets are where it's at. It can be successful despite the big dogs in the room. Uh, next DC and others having big businesses. This sector is so attractive and growing so well, you don't have to just pick the winner in this space. So Global, Global Data Center Group, I should say, is a buy from both. And Kathmandu, a hold from Adam saying, look, business is okay, not a great set of results. We'll just wait and see, maybe there's a trade opportunity. Nathan taking the other view and saying, look, yep, not one of the highest quality retailers out there, but a business that isn't over-owned. There is the potential for more people to come into the register if and when things start to improve. And if and when that does happen, there is some opportunity to buy shares in Kathmandu or KMD Group, as it's called now. At CMC, we've been in the game for a while. And although a lot of things have changed, our mentality hasn't. We aim to give experienced traders the best trading experience, like our expert platform with its second-to-none trading tools. Plus, our pricing is completely transparent. That's why people who've been trading for a long time stay with us for a long time. So if you're serious about trading, switch to the market leader trusted for over 30 years. Trade CFDs your way at cmcmarkets.com. You don't own underlying assets. Consider relevant PDS and TMD or information memorandum for CMC Pro accounts at our website. Welcome back to The Call, where we have 10 stocks suggested by you and two experts. And for a Friday afternoon, we are in luck. We have Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners and Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics, who have already given you some wonderful information. If you haven't seen the first half of the program, make sure you catch up because there is some great information you've already lost, including a double buy, a couple of holds, and some different perspectives, a buy and a sell on the one company. You'll have to watch that back. We are going to cover another five stocks in the remaining half of the program. We're going to talk about Australian Clinical Labs, Playside Studios, a company I'm going to say I don't know particularly well, so I'm looking forward to being informed by Adam and Nathan. We're going to talk Maxi Trans Industries, IGO, and round it out with high pages. Again, a great combination, a great selection of companies brought to us by you. And of course, don't forget you can get in touch 
and ask for the companies you want to hear on the program, see on the program as well, of course, and understand the businesses that you like. We'll get our experts to give you a view. Speaking of which, let's go to a question from Kim. And Kim asked about Australian clinical labs. Kim says, I would like your experts to give me a view on ACL, please. Now, Australian clinical labs, let's start with you, Adam. It's a business that has been a massive beneficiary of, of COVID. Yeah. Um, obviously, testing is huge. We've seen others. Sonic Healthcare has had a spectacular last 12 months as well. Come business back wise, now. Right. Well, share yeah. price-wise come down. Business-wise, yep. done really, really yeah, well. I agree. So that's probably the question, right? Mm. You look backwards and say, how great are these companies? Yeah. The market seems maybe to be looking forward and saying, maybe the future isn't as bright as the past, that's or right. maybe it's a buying opportunity because the market's lost interest. As a maintenance yeah. point before, when investors lose interest, that can be an opportunity because that's when you get some deep, cheaper prices. Yeah. What do you think about Australian clinical labs? Is it an opportunity or is it one best left on the shelf? Well, I'll use Mason as well as another comment that he made that is probably as best as you're going to get. And that was last year okay. for this one. Yep. I don't think you're going to get any better this time around. Um, so Australian clinical labs, look, it's, it's an interesting business and they just did a very large uh, acquisition or transaction with Med Labs, uh, which was an interesting one. Um, they actually got a pretty good though they were actually pricing it for around 60 mil they got it for 52 mil because of the data and everything moved around so they actually able to pick it up a little bit cheaper which i think is 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 quite good but for interest of time i'm going to say uh no 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 for me on business or valuation or both uh business wise i think that they were looking for some further upgrades inside of the business and Mm -hmm. just didn't get it as well as i think last year or yeah, they're basically not going to be doing as much testing as they're going to do this year. Yeah. So I think it's it's something that you could definitely find better value elsewhere. Beautiful. Call it a sell? A sell. Absolutely. Let's go. We've got a sell to start our second half of the program. Nathan, can I get some concordance with Adam or are you going to give us a variant view? Let's talk about Australian clinical labs. Yeah. What do you think you made? Is it, is it a buy on the basis of great business come to prominence, some future even if it's not as good as last year? Or to Adam's point, is last year as good as it gets and the future is not quite so bright? Yeah, I think Adam's right. It's a thematic play. You you had a theme that played out, mm-hmm. and you know it's like online. Everything online just went boom, and then yep. everyone realised they're not all as good. And I mean, you're right on the on the thematic that Sonic. We've actually been in Sonic. It's okay. pulled back. Yeah, we're fine with that. Okay. The underlying model is phenomenally good. It's diversified. It's global. It's ACL with steroids to the nth degree. So, you know, the testing side of things is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. uh, And on a global basis, that will be around for other users. What they do, Sonic does well, is to put scale through their operations. And that's where the margin comes from. Um, ACL doesn't have that. Um, So that's why they're acquiring. They're trying to get scale. But at the moment, what they do isn't big enough to make the difference. Market got excited. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, you always... And when these things get priced in, it's like pandemic forever. Mm, uh, mm. In theory, that just doesn't last, right? Because <laughs> everyone will be dead. Yeah. <laughs> so, so in that context, you've got to be realistic. Let's, let's I, hope that doesn't happen. That even doesn't even happen. for ACL shells, exactly. I'm sure they'd happily make that trade. <laughs> so it's a, it's a thematic momentum trade. Yeah. And you've done well. You can see the previous peak. It ran over six bucks. Mm, uh, mm, that mm. was overpriced. It's coming back. Uh, I think it's a sell. Um, I think you've got to look at... If I was looking for that kind of thematic, mm-hmm. Sonic is by far the best. Okay. But if you are looking for something slightly different with the pandemic, I'd look at Ansel. Right. Global, um, you know, health and safety play. It's a manufacturing cycle. Manufacturing mm. is pretty strong. Um, this has been beaten up. Mm. Um, mm. And everyone got, again, overly excited about pandemic ever, forever. And then it got priced back. So it's come back a fair way. I mm. think Ansel is a really good global business. Uh, it, you know, 
it's one of those ones where Sonic and Ansel, you can buy and hold the long term, mm. the really high quality long term global businesses, mm -hmm. and they both are giving you a decent pullback. So you can buy them and hold them for a number of years. Beautiful. I like the idea too with Ansel of being once the testing is over, the kind of echo, the, 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 the side effects of, let's make sure we don't get another one, let's make sure we keep the That's PPE right. requirements up. The thing up. is that what, Ansel, what you pay for Ansel products is such a small cost mm -hmm. of your mm -hmm. production and they're so good at it, you're very rarely going to change once you use them. So that's the beauty of them. Beautiful. Thank you, sir. We'll put that down for a sell for both Nathan and for Adam on ACL Australian Clinical Labs. Let's go to a question from Sam who asks about Playside Studios. Now, I'm going to say it's one I don't have any information on. I have information on. I've never covered, I've never researched. So Sam, just like you, I'm going to be sitting very quietly and listening very intently to see what our experts make of Playside Studios. Uh, Sam says, I just wonder if you could cover Playside Studios on the program. We certainly will, Sam. Nathan, I'm going to start with you. Before I ask you about your view on the stock, may I ask you to tell us what the company does? Basically, it's online gaming. Uh, okay. they, it's, it's, that's where they're heading to. They've got really good relationships. Now, this is like, it's, it's a bit like when they go to like a biotech. It's about the partnerships that they have right. that confirms where they're headed and how, I suppose, how well they're likely to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they have pretty good connections, which which kind of gives me a bit more strength. Yeah, yeah. Again, I had no idea about the stock, so okay. I had good. to read through. But I've actually been trying to pick these gaming stocks yeah. for a while now, and it's been bad. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I have lost a fair bit of money. Right. So, I mean, look, I, I got out, but the, the, the trick here is you can get suckered in. The mm -hmm. macro thematic for online gaming is huge. Mm -hmm. It's huge. Yep. It's a cultural change. It's hard to see. I see my kids. Uh, and you see what, how they get engaged 100%. and it's amazing. And you know, people don't turn up to watch tennis and cricket, but they turn up to watch right. indoor stadium, watching yeah. hundreds and thousands yeah. of people watching a bunch of guy, geeks sitting there playing a computer game. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. And I watch my daughter, who I think is probably smarter than me, actually playing the online game and watching it on YouTube of someone who's already played it. Mm, yep. So the thematic in this is huge. We just don't grasp that. Yeah. And I remember pre-COVID, when I went to Malaysia, 10 o'clock in the morning, I go into the um, internet cafes, hundreds of people playing yeah, games right, nonstop. Right. So this is huge globally. So there is a big market. We just don't get it. Um, so I, I'm, I am interested. Has not been a great thematic to invest. Okay. It, that's the problem. Some of these thematics are great, but as an investment, doesn't always work out. So I would caution you to be very careful. Okay. I wouldn't jump in, but it's one of those ones where I put a bunch of stocks to keep on the list and see how they do. I'm happy to let them run 10, 20% because if, if they do deliver and they go in the right places, this thing could go a long way. But most of them don't. Yeah. So that's why you've got to be cautious. Very good. That's a challenge with innovation, right? Whether it's in mining, in biotech or in technology. Yes. Is it a sell for you or a hold? Oh, yeah. at, at this point with where the techs are, mm -hmm. I think it's a sell. I think it's just too hard. But it's one that I want to keep on the shopping list because God knows when if they do come up with something, and then execute and the numbers start to move, mm -hmm. you want to be there. But happy to let the first 20, 30% run. It Makes doesn't sense. matter. Makes sense. Adam, uh, yeah. I've never felt older than when the kids <laughs> these days want to go and watch someone play a computer game. I'm like, I'm happy to play the game. Yeah. I'm happy to go and watch sport. Watching someone else play a computer game means nothing to me. 100%. But I'm very aware, as Nathan already said, I'm not common, I'm not, I'm not, you know, the kids these days do things differently. Absolutely. Does that make Playside, even despite 150% run up as we saw on that chart before, yeah. is, it, is it a buy, has it gone too far, is there too much uncertainty, or do you think? So, it, it, well, it prefaces it's a hold for me. Okay. Um, the, the reason is, is that there's a couple of things. My uh, 11, 12 year old son 
exactly right Nathan they, 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 they don't watch TV they're all on yeah, YouTube yeah. and it's content on demand and they're watching people play their games that they play and then even while the other games loading up while they're playing it they're watching another game being played as well so it, it, it is all encompassing and it's, it's pretty scary to be honest how much they get into these things and it's just all and every single dollar pocket money wise yeah. goes to these games yeah, right. and I used to do it as well with my mm-hmm. Commodore 64 <laughs> I'm not that old but I am anyway but um, look let's get back to this one um uh, playside look it's an interesting business um and what Nathan talked about was um those partners now they just got a fixed contract with uh activision blizzard activision which is a massive combining of two massive uh, u.s businesses together um and that was a 10-month contract so playside actually does the development work in the back end for these online games Okay, so that's their business. They're coding, they're making sure that these games actually get to the stage. And then they've got all these royalties that are coming in from some of the games that they've been uh, creating. And they've got certain games in there as well that are, are, are new games that are moving forward. So online shooter games and all these kinds of things. So Meta is another one. They've got some really good sort of um, businesses that they're partnering with. So that makes me feel comfortable. They've also got a business in NFTs. So again, I feel old, but <laughs> NFTs, and they're actually doing some selling and getting some royalties off that as well. For me, it's a hold at 94 cents. It looks like it's had a good run up. It's, it, it's around that dollar mark. I think you'd be a little bit cautious. It could definitely come back again. But um, I, I think you know, with the contracts and things like that, I think it's worthwhile having something like that in your portfolio, especially with that thematic backdrop of these kids and the amount of money that's going into the gaming sector. Interesting idea, interesting theme, but a hold for you for now. Yeah. Now, gents, I've talked for too long, so we're going to have to speed through a little right. bit more quickly the last three. That being said, they don't get much more different than Playside Studios and then MaxiTrans Industries. Uh, Faye says, could I please have your expert panel's opinion on MaxiTrans, please? It has faltered badly, in my opinion, since its consolidation of one share for five some time ago. It sold its trailer business and paid a great dividend, then raised more capital. I've never heard the stock discussed on your forum, and I wonder, could it be a turnaround now under new board members' steerage? I'm going to assume you wanted that pun, Faith. If you didn't, I love it. So well done. Uh, Adam, let's kick it off with you, mate. Maxi Trans, not a great performance thus far, Faye says. Is now the time to maybe jump on for a turnaround opportunity? Yeah, so with those revenues and that consolidating of those operations with that trailer business, I think it's, it's a little bit tough uh, at the moment um, going forward. For me, it's, it's auto components. Um, look, yes, uh, that obviously the industry is, is continuing to move on and I think that there's something there. But for me, I would be cautious on this one. I'm going to say it's a hold and um, I think there's better value elsewhere. Beautiful. A hold on MaxiTrans from Adam. Thank you. Now, again, Nathan, not too many different businesses than Playside and then MaxiTrans. Uh, one, one very virtual, one incredibly yeah. real. Yes. By the way, the latter probably more necessary than the former, although That's if you ask the kids, they'd probably disagree. Uh, what do you think, mate? MaxiTrans, is it an opportunity at this sort of price, given what's been going on? Is there a, a turnaround in the offing or is it too much, too hard, too complex? I think you gotta be careful with mining services. It looks cheap mm-hmm. um, and there's a reason because um, the cost pressures are big. Mm. And you know whether it's wages, input cost, all of those things, fuel, all of those are biting them. And then you put it into the context that they write revenues in contracts. Mm. So the revenue is capped, but the costs keep rising. So their margin gets squeezed. So that's why, and if you look at the big miners, the CapEx growth outlook is actually negative mm. for the last number of months. So they're not investing more. So it's a tough macro, and then you've got a rising cost environment. I think mining services is really hard at the moment. Yeah. 
I think if you've done well, great, take your money, stay out of it. The reason the miners are doing well is because they're not digging up more stuff. And so this is the time when they're investing and CapEx goes up, you want to buy. So I think it's high risk. I wouldn't be there. Do you, so you sell? Yeah, I'd be selling and right. going somewhere else. That's a sell on Mackie Trans from Nathan. Thank you, Matt. We'll stick with you. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you about IGO. This was formerly Independence Group. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking of miners, this one's a mineral explorer. This is exactly yeah. the CapEx kind of idea that you were talking about that Maxi Trans is not going to benefit from. Uh, difficult one, not so dissimilar from uh, biotech in the same kinds of ways of hoping Ooh. to find the next big thing. Maybe different businesses, yes. but, but conceptually from an investment perspective, sure. you're saying, can sure. they be successful? Can they, can they you know, uh, strike gold literally in this case, rather metaphorically with yeah. biotech? Well, they used to hit gold too. Either, uh, yeah. IGO, is it a buy, hold or a sell? Oh, look, this is a great business. Um, great management. Mm -hmm. uh, on Osbis for 2021, this was the stock of my, for the year hey, for nice. me. Okay. Yeah. And it's had a huge run. Hitting all time highs we, today. Yeah, actually, so, we, I got go. out too early uh, in that context. We, we, got, we got out and it's remarkable. gone even higher. Yeah. Um, look, they went into lithium. Uh, they're buying more nickel. Uh, management is top quality. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're looking at the resources, you've got to remember, commodities are at all time high. Inflation play, nobody believed it. Now everyone believes it. Everyone's buying commodities. So you look at the big diversified players, BHP, mm -hmm. Rio, and then you get to MinRes, IGO, um, and South32, right? These right. are the big five yep. that you can, it's idiot proof. You buy, you're getting a <laughs> decent amount of exposures, and IGO is one. Okay. Um, lithium and uh, nickel play. Um, look, I, I can't get myself to buy it right now okay. because I think commodities have gone too hot and economic downgrades are coming and that'll bring back commodities for the short term, right. short to medium term, and that'll give you another buying signal. At the moment, you've done, Look, it's done really, really well, but yeah, I think you're paying too much. Double in the space of 12 months. Do you selling if you own it or are you hanging on? I think you start taking some off and okay. take profit. I'd be saying, you know, you take 30%, see what happens, and then you take another 30%. You've got to sell into this strength. I'm going to put because, you down for a yeah, sell. It, it's a tough cycle at the moment. Adam, you were a bit excited seeing that chart before. Absolutely. I'm going to assume either you or your clients or both at Shoreline Partners are in this one. We have a lot of clients in this one. Is yes. it time for them to say, it's been a great run, but I'm taking my money? Is it time to say, hey, let this thing run? Or is it time <laughs> to say, you know what, it's always good to buy great businesses, growing mm. businesses, because if they're mm. worth even more in the future, you don't want to compound the error by not buying it. Where yeah. are you at? So we've, we've officially got a buy on it at Shoreline Partners, okay. but the price target is lower warm where it is today okay ah. so it's very very difficult mm. and i think you know if we did that third or third or third absolutely let's right. let's take a little bit off the table at these levels because we know commodity prices are at all-time highs I'm, I'm just repeating exactly what Nathan just said but however this one has uh done very very well and really really comfortable with it one because they were looking to take over a glencore acquisition uh, some um, Cobar copper mine. They didn't go ahead with that. And I think that was the right way to go. Yeah, that was the right way to go. In in, in interest of time, I, I really like this story. I think it's fantastic. It's future facing businesses uh, as in it got rid of gold. It's now in the lithium space. I really like it. They will do some more strategic acquisitions. I think you just got to be careful here, um, but take a little bit. I'm going to say hold. Hold, okay. Because I don't want to go against Rocky, my <laughs> analyst, who's got a buy on it and he's picked this one perfectly. Well done. So, um, yeah, hold, but just be careful. Shout out to Rocky. Uh, let's finish off with a company that is in the, I'm not going to call it rent-a-tradey space, it's in the marketplace space when it comes to finding and hiring tradespeople. It is high pages. Thomas asked for a view on High Pages. Adam, let's finish our top 10 or 10 stocks for today yeah. with High Pages. Um, on mate, a high? 
Oh, there you go. So they're usually in the host seat, mate. You're wasted over there. All right, all right. You're wasted over there. That means you're not wasted over there because you are the man who's going to tell me whether right. high pages is a buy, hold, or a sell. If we get the chart up, it'll really tell everything about this we'll story. We'll get the chart. There it is. Radio. <laughs> so oh, I don't, do I need to say any more? I don't know. Well, it depends whether it's going to keep going or turn around. Yeah, look. So, look, the thing is that they've reduced revenue, recurring revenue by, and, and the market's downgraded their forecast from sort of 3 to 6% per mm-hmm. annum. Mm-hmm. So that's where you're getting this, and it's going to be a tough cycle going forward. Higher churn and those kinds of things. Both trading uh, subscriptions have gone up 20%, yeah. but the revenue isn't coming in the door. So for yeah. me, I would be very cautious about this one at $2. I'd say it's a sell. A sell. Thank you, Adam. And Nathan, let's finish with you. High pages. Is it the business of the future? Is it oversold? Is it overbought? Is it simply just one to avoid? Where do you reckon? Yeah, I'll do it quick. I mean, have a look at Freelancer. Uh, yeah. All of them have the right. same problem. Yeah. Um, the simple anecdotal evidence you couldn't get a, a tradie to do any work previously, but now <laughs> true, you can. True. That, okay. that just tells you things are slowing down. Okay. And these guys have gone through the pandemic, got smashed. And uh, yeah, I think Adam's right. I think it's going to be tough. Just, But I, I am keeping an eye on it because when these things turn, yeah. people don't want to touch it because, oh, it's fallen a long way. Mm. That's the time you want to buy. So keep an eye on it. Freelancer, um, high pages, when the thematic turns mm. and mm. tradies start to do demand and then start to run and numbers improve, you want to be in it, but you don't need to be in it right now. Fantastic. What a wonderful show. We've heard about plenty of companies that the guys love, plenty they don't love at all, but more importantly too, if you've been paying attention, plenty to put on your watch list for the time when the business or the share price starts to turn. Nathan Somersender from Deep Data Analytics and Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners. Let's wrap up these last five companies. We had two cells on Australian Clinical Labs, unfortunately neither guy being, fan, being fans based on where the business is going and the thematic that's playing out. Playside Studios, uh, a kind of interesting business. Uh, a hold from Adam, a sell from Nathan, but again, one of those ones to keep an eye on. Maxitrans hasn't done spectacularly well, and unfortunately, neither gentleman expecting it to do much better than that. Uh, Adam keeping it on a hold. Nathan is saying sell Maxitrans. Uh, IGO, one of the better business, one of the top five, Nathan says, although he's saying it's a sell. A hold from Adam, it's done remarkably well, but now might not be the time to add more. And High Pages, a sell from both Adam Dawes and Nathan Somersandrum. It's been a spectacular show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Some great insights. We've been taking notes. You have been very, very well served by Adam Dawes from Shore & Partners. Thank you, Adam. Yep, thank you. And Nathan Somersandrum from Deep Data Analytics. Thank you, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you for watching. And that's our show for today. Any stocks you'd like us to cover, make sure you do flick us an email. Very simple. The call at osbiz.com.au or tweet us at osbiztv. And a reminder, we can find all the stocks you have in the call's portfolio. To do that, simply go to osbiz.co forward slash portfolio. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.